Artist Daniel McCormick takes his inspiration from nature's scars. Deep in the watersheds of West Marin, his eye is keen to signs of erosion. Crumbling creek beds, rain-torn gullies, and overgrazed fields are all fertile ground for his unique brand of ecological art. So today, you know, the first day of spring, I'm out here on John West Fork, my favorite uh, site for watershed sculpture, and I'm really excited about putting in a new silt trap. Daniel attempts to heal environmentally threatened landscapes by installing carefully crafted sculptures. When I'm doing this, the biggest problem is to uh, get it to seat tight to the contour of the gully. Stuffed with biodegradable materials and staked with native willows, the sculptures eventually sprout and take root. That really gives it the sustainable kind of uh, nature because it it creates these bushes that really act as these silt traps. These silt traps are just interventions until this kind of bush, grasses, and uh, various willow trees take off. Over the past decade, Daniel has focused his efforts on a two-mile stretch of the John West Fork of Olima Creek. The stakes are high in this watershed. It is prime spawning habitat for endangered coho salmon and steelhead trout. In the late 90s and into 2000, we actually saw really great spawning runs. Within Olima Creek, we had hundreds of spawning coho salmon. I happened to carry a video camera around, and uh, I'm glad I did because this year we only saw one. It used to be we could guarantee you're gonna see a fish when you came out here. Um, these days, the guarantees are no longer there. The cause of the salmon's decline may be due to a variety of environmental factors, including agricultural runoff. Daniel is hoping to make a difference where he can. The creek runs through historic ranch land. If left unchecked, the impact of livestock grazing in close proximity can be devastating. 10 years ago, this was just a grazing dirt area. And all of this vegetation here has been planted and grown in the last 10 years. So these sculptures, as they, uh, as they are put in year after year, some of them are uh, six and seven years old. Some of them are, the, the, the ones that are 10 years old, you don't see, but as I diverted all of this manure into this area that, that helps this riparian vegetation grow. Beyond its aesthetic appeal, Daniel's work is rooted in hard science. His sculptures filter sediment and divert waste, helping keep the water clean, cool, and full of the oxygen the salmon need to thrive. This is a real good shaded area, too. By collaborating with National Park Service hydrologist Brannon Ketchum, he's learned where his structures can have the most impact. That looks like a real prime mm. area right in there to put it's in a right stake. It's, yeah, it, it's real good. I mean, yeah. even the soil, because yeah. this is pretty rocky right here. It's hard to get into. So it's nice stream gravel. So when it erodes, it's not a bad thing. I think the first time I met Dan McCormick was probably in 2000. When I met him, he was clearly passionate about what he did. And I 
I quickly realized that the things that we, I was doing were actually very similar to what he was doing, but I was approaching it from a completely different perspective. We would have depended on time to help us sort of help heal the scars from the, from the years and years of direct access by the cattle. And I think what Dan's work has done is helped accelerate the recovery process. Though he lives and works in Marin, Daniel's installations can be found throughout the country. His studio at the Headland Center for the Arts is full of models for projects past and future. So these early methods of Indian fishing of the North Coast is really inspiring to me because of the, the handmade quality of the structures and the high degree of engineering that goes into putting this kind of structure together. I, I repeat this form a lot because it's a natural form that seems to come out of the material that's available to me. These structures, because the material is from the riparian corridor where they will be placed, is just a rearrangement of materials with ancient technology. Daniel was also influenced by his studies with installation artist James Turrell, whose work interplays light and space. Turrell's most famous earthwork is Roden Crater in Arizona, a massive observatory that can be seen from space. What really grabbed me is a Roden project, looking into the stars and seeing beyond the planet. James Turrell uh, influenced me in that uh, art was not necessarily an object. He insisted it go beyond attractiveness. I like these uh, shapes for urban streams. Regardless of the variety of shapes it has taken over the years, once it leaves the studio, Daniel's art is ephemeral. Over time, natural processes overtake his sculptures, leaving no evidence of his hand at work. But he still feels the need to return to his works from time to time to see if they could use some shoring up. This diverter here is a living wall that's starting to grow. It's becoming less and less a, a work of art with uh, human craftsmanship uh, and becoming more and more of a work that, that nature is responding to by, uh, by a, a living wall that's starting to grow and that's what it's supposed to do. He approached it as art and I've approached it as restoration, trying to protect the species. But I think uh, obviously with Dan's work out here, he's, he's taken this place to heart and, it, and really taken ownership over all the work that he's done. I think this one's about done. Art is often something that people want to come look at. And I think our restoration is successful when nobody knows you did anything. <laughs>